I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This week's guest is dating coach Erica Etten. I should also mention that Erica Etten is a world pun champion. Erica, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Thank you. I am. I'm a pun champion. <laughs> I For people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, Erica, I mean, I didn't even know what the hell we're talking about yeah, for, for like years. Worth, I've been... yeah. Nobody I've been bragging to people. Oh. I know. Like I've known you for um just over 10 years and for uh-huh. years I've been bragging about how you're like a pun champion, but this time you won worlds, right? And I, I didn't did. know really what that meant. And then this summer, uh, you and I were in Greece and um, you decided we, we needed entertainment on the bus for whatever reason. And uh, you took the microphone and you did like a pun poem. And that's when I realized like, oh shit, like, like Erica's like a like a pun aficionado and then i saw a clip from your world championship so uh-huh. if you would uh what's the word <laughs> indulge us in uh, in Maria, a little bit of pun just so other I people would, can understand i would love nothing more than to indulge you. go for it um okay well fancy to meet you salami tell ya to stake my ground. I wanted a boyfriend, so I went where there's a shawarma guy's tender. Now, I don't know the medium well, but most just want T-bone. Like we're citing poultry, they say, nice rack. Ugh, baby back off and wag you tongue elsewhere. I'll stop there for now. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, well done, Erica and ladies and gentlemen. That's good. Um, I make all of them about oh, you dating. Know. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I make all of them about dating, which is hilarious because I always tie in my job to my pun routines. <laughs> right. So for those who don't know, Erica N is an online dating manager. She works at a copy match as our online dating manager. And if you're interested in just freeing up the dating fatigue you could experience the next three months, head on over to the show notes, click that link, set up a dating strategy call, and let's figure out if we can, if Erica can work with you for the next three months. She just pretends to be you. That's that's basically it. And take that pun champion talent. And, you know, we know what photos work. And then from there, you know, hopefully you get a, a great dating experience with zero online dating fatigue. I would love to work with you, whoever is listening. You want to hear something funny real fast? So I do not use my puns when I am talking as as clients online unless they explicitly ask me to. But once, as a client, I wrote a limerick, and she was like, Erica, do not do that again. I can't write a limerick. Don't do And I was like, but it was such a good one. I was so happy. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know – it's not just about you. Not it's that's totally fine. I think I think what it shows is that you do have a talent for words and thinking on your feet. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, Erica, the reason why I called you for today's episode is because Singles in America study has been published. Singles in America is a study, an annual study that's published by Match Group every year. 
uh, Match being the biggest dating group in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, they own a ton of websites that you probably are using. Tinder, OkCupid, Hinge. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of apps. Uh, and, uh, and every year, I think this is their 12th year. Yeah. 12th year in a row where they publish their singles in America study. Well, here we are. I, I'm, I'm ready. To, I, I went through the data. Did you go through the data? I did indeed. So I, I know you know this about me, but I actually studied economics and used to be an economist at Fannie Mae. So data is my middle mm. name. And I was curious, so I, I did look at the, the underlying data, and I have, I have many thoughts on it. <laughs> I can't wait to go through them. So if you want to follow along, uh, you just have to go to singlesinamerica.com. That is where the study has been published. Uh, a lot of articles have come out uh, this week since coming out. In fact, I was interviewed uh, for Time Magazine in two articles this week uh, talking about two parts of this. And both times when I was interviewed, I didn't even have the data in front of me. They were just telling me over the phone because they got to sneak access to it. And I was just very confused as to like, what are these conclusions? So now that right. I have the data set in front of me, I also have a lot of thoughts, Erica. <laughs> well, you and I are never shy about our thoughts. That's one of the so things I really appreciate about you. Never shy. Never shy. All right. So let's start off. It's, it starts off at the top with, you know, sing, single seek a sense of self. I always look at the study to see what is the top thing that they've decided to prioritize. And uh, they start off by saying 84% of singles say they prefer casual dates over stuffy wine and dines. They've also dressed down their expectations, taking a first date's less as high pressure first impressions and more opportunities to meet someone new. And when it comes to dating experiences, 77% say they like learning about new people. Okay. All right. And 53% say they find dating a helpful tool to learn how to be their best self too. Any impressions on this? Any thoughts on this? Well, as they say in statistics, you can basically prove whatever point you want with the data. And so I do think it's interesting that they said prefer casual dates over, and they use the word stuffy, wine and dines. I mean, they're telling us what to think. I agree that a casual date is better for a first date. Mm. I always say you can always add dinner, but you can't take it back. Um, and so I also recommend something more casual, like a drink or a coffee or a walk or something like that, where you can actually hear each other. But um, who's to say wine is stuffy? I think wine is delicious. And so none of this data surprises me you know yeah people like to meet new people people find out more about themselves the more they date so i'm not bowled over yet you know i will admit that this is actually one of the things that i found 84 percent of singles say they prefer casual dates mm -hmm. um i don't know it's funny like i feel like a agape match has started to prefer casual first dates even though it's really hard for us to like sell it to our clients sometimes mm -hmm. but we did see it in the beginning of the pandemic when there were no vaccines available. We sure. did set up something like 300 first dates that started at Central Park West at uh, Strawberry mm -hmm. Fields. And we would tell them, like, as you enter the park, make a right so that you're heading south. And this way, if it wasn't working out, 18 minutes later, you're at Columbus Circle. It's a natural mm -hmm. exit. Um, or if you're enjoying yourself, you keep doing the loop or you can go right. to, like, Landmark for steak or go to a cafe there. Like, there's all these other, like, food options to yeah. head on to. And, well, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately it's really hard to convince our clients to go back to doing that. I think, I think we hear yeah, from a lot so of our clients that they'd like, they want 
to be wined and dined, I guess, but it just depends. You know, what's crazy though. It's funny. I'm reading this. I just had an experience with a client where we actually thought this woman was an amazing match for him. And she said, because she lives in Long Island city, which is mm -hmm. uh, in a different borough. If you don't know yep. New York, it's in, in the Queens borough. Um, she said, will he be paying for my Uber to the date? And I was like, what? No, can't you just take like a subway or a cab? Like what? And she said, if he's not willing to pay for my Uber, I'm just not interested in meeting him. And I was just like, whoa, wow. like this is, this is new. That, that this sounds new. like entitled. Um, I will say, I mean, my major bone to pick in general with this study is when I looked at the underlying data, it was only 5,000 people, right? And that, you know, I don't know how statistically significant that is. But what I really had a hard time with is each uh, measure that they tested for was very binary, yes or no. Do you prefer a casual date or do you prefer a dinner date? And they didn't break it out into further variables. So I would guess that the 16% of people who said they want these, quote, stuffy wine and dines, I would guess that all 16% are over, I don't know, 50, 55 years old. But unfortunately, the data doesn't break it out in sure. a granular of a manner because a lot of our older clients are just used to that thought. You know, a date is drinks and dinner, whereas our younger clients know that they want to have an out or an additional in. And they like the option of choosing whether to stay longer or not. So I would be curious. And unfortunately, um, they didn't break the data out that way. Speaking of gender breakdown, there was something that I did see that I was like, wait, where is the where's the breakdown here? The age breakdown and the gender breakdown, something about Okay, here we go. <laughs> so it said, Today's singles give relationships more time to see if there's a spark. In fact, 49% have fallen in love with someone they weren't initially attracted to, up from 38% in the last decade. Um, the moral of the story, like they even put their conclusion here. The moral of the story, first impressions aren't everything. And I'm just like, I would love to see the gender breakdown I want to see the breakdown. Because I'm sure most of that 49%. I, I, yeah. We, we know that women are more inclined to be attracted to someone more based on their personality. Whereas often, and this is a generalization, but often men put it into two buckets, not attracted, attracted. And then in the attracted bucket, do I just want to sleep with this person or do I want to actually try a relationship? Maybe that's oversimplifying it, but it's generally true. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think here it's also like, I feel like you and I are coming from two sides of the same coin, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, on your end, you're on the online dating world. And in my world, I'm in the matchmaking world, but we're all still talking to a lot of singles. Yep. Um, I have about, I speak to about four people a day, one-on-one. -on -one. You're speaking to hundreds of people a week. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if you agree with the statement, but I think you are like that 49% of falling up with someone they weren't initially attracted to. I'm going to assume that's 95% women. I agree. I agree. The, the breakdown would be more interesting. Again, I think once, and again, generalization, but once men decide they're not attracted to someone, there is no, you know, glistening personality that's going to change that. Whereas with women, it's different. We kind of package everything together, emotional, physical, and each one can bring up or down the other one. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, this 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 study is really frustrating to look at. Uh, the next one, I would love to see the age breakdown, right? So, for instance, um, did you see the one where it said people were having sex in the so metaverse? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No, Where's I don't know that? what that looks like. Like, are you Does having that, avatars? Well, weren't people like, always having like cyber sex? Okay, cyber. You have a I, I don't know. Right there, right there. Um, singles prefer their sex oh and living God. color. Only 3% have tried it through virtual reality. Does that mean your avatars are like touching each other? 11% said the metaverse. See, this is where, okay, we're going to skip ahead for a second, right? The okay. one thing that this is, the study is lacking insanely is like how many people are not having sex. Like I'd like to see the data of that because mm -hmm. you know studies have been released this past year about how like the rise of lonely men and how like mm -hmm. one in six men don't have any friends and I don't have a study to prove this but just from me talking to people I'm pretty sure like one in seven men have not ever had sex uh, under the age of 35. And you know I want to see that. So instead we're getting stuff like 11% said they prefer to meet people in the metaverse. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, we, need uh, okay. So here's, here's where I thought that there was, I would have loved to see the age breakdown. So the singles in America study talks about Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. And, um, it says here two and three women won't date a partner with opposing views on abortion. Um, you know, the, the key word here is opposing views, right? Because if it's a woman who wants to be with someone who – maybe that woman is, let's say um, – I hate to say pro-life, but let's say they're pro-birth. Um, they want to be with someone who also, you know, believes in that. Then they're not opposing, right? So that two in three, does that mean that the one in three women are over the age of 50 and maybe it doesn't even matter to them anymore? Like because, you know, they can't get pregnant. Right. Uh, like this is where I would have loved to see the age breakdown on these numbers. I agree. All right. So to go back to abortion, how singles really feel, their data is this. Two in three single women won't date a partner with opposing views on abortion, as I mentioned before. 25% of women want to have less discussion about abortion with their partners. And 18% of singles say opposing views would make them want to have more discussion about abortion with their partners. These numbers are stupid. <laughs> stupid without context stupid without um geographic breakdown political breakdown what side Age of the coin they're down. on on this discussion Absolutely. like 18 percent of singles say a po yeah 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 I mean, this is this is uh I, I this is singles in america this is match group having the world's biggest budget for a dating study and just coming up with filler numbers. This is what this is what aggravates me. Well, yeah. I mean, I was really excited to look at the underlying data. I was going to slice and dice it and do some pivot tables, hot stuff, and it only broke each one into, like I said, a binary, yes or no. Um, I have a question, Maria. Did you watch Love Is Blind? I did not watch Love Is Blind. So, on season three, which just ended, which I was. I was into um, 
there was a conversation between two of the people on there, Nancy and Bartise, about their thoughts on abortion. And I was really happy that they didn't cut this part out because I don't think we see actual conversations like this enough on TV. And she was a woman, I think, in her early 30s, so certainly childbearing years. And she asked her partner if we found out in advance that there was something wrong with the child, wrong in such a way that it would impact this child's quality of life and something that is preventable if you do not, you know, carry out the pregnancy, would you have, would you support having an abortion? And he said, absolutely not, no way, it's a baby, it's my child. And she came at it from the point of, I think she's a speech therapist, and she was like, look, I've seen these children and I see I see them struggle and I see the parents struggle and it was a real conversation and there was no resolution on it or anything they ended up not getting married but I was really happy that they showed both sides on TV in a way that wasn't disrespect neither was disrespectful to the other it was just it was real and I think unfortunately not enough couples actually even have that conversation and Last thing on that, to get personal for a second, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, I was seeing someone who I knew was a lot more conservative than I am. I mean, I'm liberal socially. And he did not believe in abortion. And I had a serious conversation with him. And I said, what if I got pregnant in a way that I I didn't want to? I mean, if God forbid, you know, something happened or... You know, what if I needed an abortion? Would you support me? Luckily, that situation Mm -hmm. never came up. But he said, yes, I would support you. And so even though he and I had differing views in principle, the fact that he said he would support me was enough for me to feel comfortable. And I just think this needs to be talked about more. And I love that it was on this big platform on Netflix because it brings more attention to it, especially these days. I think from what I'm gathering on this section of the study, right? It talks in a future tense. So if you are looking, if you're following along signalsinamerica.com, we're at the Roe versus Wade makes waves section. And it says here, daters express the overturning of Roe versus Wade will have a Mm -hmm. lasting impact on how they approach dating. I'm pretty sure the study was done before it was overturned. Mm -hmm. And as a result, everything is being spoken to in a future tense, which means that a study being published in November, 2022 about the current state of dating is incredibly inaccurate numbers wise. And Mm -hmm. again, you don't see the breakdown of gender and an age, and especially on a very small study of 5,000 singles. And it seems like if you, you know, the good thing on singles in America is that if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can actually download their data set and see the breakdown of age. And it's about 1% of people for each age group between I think like 18 and 65 or something. And let's see, 5,000, 1% of 5,000 is 50 people. So they were able to get 50 people for each age group. But again, then it's also divided by 50 states. Mm -hmm. Like imagine, you know, uh, Erica, if they interviewed you, you represent the state that you live in. That's it, that's the- I know, when the reality the is that I, the only way to get the study correctly is to get like a hundred people per state for each age. Yeah, it 
Yeah, right. I agree. What they revealed in this section is 78% of singles said the overturning of Roe versus Wade will change their dating and sex behavior. 20% said it would make them more hesitant to have sex. 14% say it will make them more hesitant to date. And then singles share the top three ways Roe's reversal will change their dating lives. They would use more condoms, they would be more sex hesitant, and they would have a bigger fear of pregnancy. This doesn't surprise me. Another factoid that they added to the bottom of this is it's no surprise 17% of singles have lost friends due to opposing views. Again, you're going to throw this number at us. I would like to know how this number has shifted since 2015. Like, have people lost friends throughout the 2016 election cycle, throughout uh, the past administration, throughout this current administration, through the reversal of this? Like, what am I comparing 17% to? Because I will tell you that I... There's a lot of friendships that I had pre-pandemic that just don't exist anymore because it's not about opposing views. It's about opposing realities. At least that's my view of this. I just found something really weird. I'm looking at the data. They asked household income and about 75% uh, of people who answered have a household income under $60,000. Yeah, so adding a child that was unplanned um, would be devastating oh. for some households. Yeah, no, I don't actually mean it in the context of the Roe versus Wade. I actually just think it's interesting the subset of people they, they're documenting in here. 41% are from how they defined the South, yet they're defining Washington, D.C. as the South, Delaware as the South. I'm so confused. All right, so here's here's some data that I thought was very interesting. Uh, this is like fi like finally a, an interesting data set that's like has a little more context. Mm -hmm. um, so they say you do you section. If you go to singlesinamerica.com, they say you do you section. So it says here, fifty six percent of singles overall want a partner who supports people's freedom to identify as someone other than their biological sex. So okay. we are you know uh, allies. 41% of Gen Z and 31% of millennials are open to dating someone who is transgender. Good. 56% of Gen Z and 42% of millennials are open to dating someone who is pansexual. And 44% of Gen Z and 31% of millennials are open to dating someone who is gender non-binary. This data set alone, like of all the data in this study, right? Mm -hmm. This here, these numbers are really high. And if you think about a few weeks ago, there was an election and, you know, Gen Z, you know, they really showed up and there is a party that I don't, I don't know if they know how to reach out to that generation. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling me that 41% of Gen Z is open to dating someone who's transgender, um, that is incredible. But at the same time, your messaging cannot be anti-LGBT. Um, this is the only one they seem to have broken out by age, and I'm glad they did because it's just more informative than anything else. And back to your other thing, by the way, I found in the data, one of the questions was in the past 12 months about how often have you had sex? And 11% have never had sex. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't break it out by age. And 29% have not had right. sex in the last 12 months. Are we Why learning anything? Why do they not break this out by age? Why do they not break this yeah. out by gender? 
Are we learning anything? I'm not I learning like anything except make, for this. This is this is going to remain with me. Okay, agree. I feel like we should make our own hypotheses and then do our own study to figure it out. Because I think we could do that. Yeah, we should make our own study and then come up with our own hypotheses and then prove them right. So what percentage of people over 60 tell us that they look better than their age? 95%. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's true. Erica, you're 100%. And like, I think they have singles in America, like they have such a, you're being supported by match group. Like, come on you know you, you can't have like six points right again go to singles in america you can see this data that we're looking at and it's like as a matchmaker as a professional in this dating industry i count down the days until this comes out mm -hmm. and this year it's just really lacking like the data is not and maybe it's always lacked it's just now i'm more aware of it because we're talking right. more about like things that matter to single people right uh, which is like what are the consequences of having sex with someone um, so I don't know. Okay. So in this another, this next section here, voting is hot. Singles want a partner who's politically aware, but not uncompromising. So 58% say it's more important than ever to know a partner's political views. 37% said having too strong an opinion is a deal breaker. I will tell you something. I don't know if you see this at work, but I see this at work that I'm seeing this more and more where it's like, I keep hearing from people who are saying, um, I don't want to date someone from either extreme and they're not equating that the extremes are the same, mm -hmm. but saying like someone who's too far left and too far right, like they're not comfortable in those extremes. They'd like to meet someone who is in the, is in the center, let's say, I don't know. What do you see on your end? I do see a lot of that. And then the, on the flip side, sometimes people will say, well, I won't date someone who lists moderate because all they really mean is conservative. And so I see both sides right. of it every day. Here, 24% would avoid a date who is not planning to vote. I am in that 24%, by the way. Mm-hmm. That is that's a, that's a, that's than... a personal massive deal breaker for me. Yeah, that's actually lower than it's I would have way thought. lower than I thought it would be. Right. We agree on this. It's funny. But you know what? At the same time, it's actually kind of high. Because if you think about like only like 25% of people vote. True. There you go. There's the number. I think we okay, want to do a survey in 2023. I think we could. I think we could do something with this. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Listen. If anyone from Match Group is listening to this, and you better believe I'm going to forward the shit out of this to anyone I know at <laughs> Tinder, Hinge, and the and the rest. I would love Erica and I, Erica and Maria Avgatidis Piratagis. We would like to be a part of the next Singles in America study. Yes. You're asking the wrong questions, or if you're not, if you're asking the right questions, you're not asking, like, how is it they only ask 5,000 people? I have 40,000 people following me. Like, give me the study. <laughs> no, honestly, it's yes. And I just, oh, I'm picturing pivot tables and it's, <sighs> anyway, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Another thing now, uh, in the section, uh, putting the dollar sign in single and, and single is with a dollar sign, economic trends. So, uh, they gave the poorest budget breakdown ever that is not based in reality, but it says that, so they're, they're, the singles budget breakdown is $130 a month. They spend about $12 a month on dating apps or matchmakers. I don't know what matchmaker <laughs> is yeah. charging $12 a month, <laughs> $12 but we're just going to move on from that. Uh, that's like 
per second. That's my rate per second. Okay. Uh, In-person dating activities, $39 a month. That's not even the cost I mean, of like Maybe. paint night. Yeah, that's no, one I, event. I agree. Uh, appearance uh -huh. and grooming, $40 a month. Who are they asking? Ridiculous. If you consider like we're about to go into the winter season and I will include like tights and stockings as part of appearance and grooming. Sure. Uh, that shit's expensive. That's like $10 a pair. And those things break after like two, two wears. <laughs> I'm looking at this date night clothes, $39 um, a month. Right. Are they getting like half a pair yeah. of jeans? Date night clothes, $39 a month. I don't know who's listening here, but uh, you know, Nully, which is my favorite dating rental clothes option is $80 a month for I think six outfits a month. So this $40 a month, I mean, what are you, date night clothes, etc. That's what I love it. Date night clothes, comma, etc. $40 a month. This is the, I'm embarrassed by this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever read. But, but anyway, yeah, I, they have I this agree. as if it's like a big deal. Um, and then the no. following section is inflation boosts innovation. The cost of dating increased 40% over the last 10 years, but that hasn't stopped singles from dating. They've just gotten more clever and innovative of how they swing it. Well, duh. So 84% of singles prefer a casual first date. 30% are now more open to date, doing free activities on a date. You know, Ugh. I can tell you, I found the underlying 25% are more open to just meeting a date for coffee or drinks. Uh, I found the underlying data on the, how much they spend on clothing and accessories. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're, this is, oh, mm -hmm. I feel badly saying it's so poorly done, but it's so poorly done because they didn't extract the zeros. 60% of people answered they spend nothing, meaning they just probably haven't gone on a date in the last month. And so when you average in 60% of zero, that's how they're getting the $39. I'm just irked. Like 7.2% said they spend $100 or more, right? But when you factor in all of those zeros, it brings the average down. It's like number one rule of statistics. To like okay. $30 a month. Uh, Erica, you're you're bringing up excellent points. I was not aware that they kept the zeros in, but now that you said that, that makes sense. And again, it goes back to this study. Should be <laughs> studies be thrown out and redone, or recalculated, or at least make the points that you want to make, and then get rid of all the filler. Because that previous yeah. part is filler. Oh, here's how much singles are like. Do does single does Match Group not realize that like the media uses this report mm -hmm. to make like, I don't know. It's just, where's the integrity in this study? That's what I, I'm getting mm -hmm. just more upset just going through this. All right. Financial stability is sexy. Money, problems, inflation, a recession. These don't kill love. However, they're forcing singles to adapt. In this study, singlesinamerica.com, it says 30% say the inflation, that inflation has made them more eager to find a financially stable partner. 23% of singles are now more appreciative of frugal people. So, I have a lot of thoughts about this section and I was actually interviewed about this from time magazine last week. And unfortunately they didn't publish those, the quotes, these rich quotes that I gave them. So I'm going to say them right now. So I don't, I think inflation is like the fancy word right now because yeah, we're in a global recession, but uh, excuse me, we're in a global inflation period. Right. But 
I even started my company in the height of the recession. Nothing like there's always something to blame when it comes to financial woes. I think the difference right now is the following. The people that are dating to get married and possibly have children, so millennials and Gen Z, they're at a place where, one, we don't see salaries increasing. Two, housing expenses are only getting higher. Three, there is a housing inventory crisis. Four, there is a housing interest rate crisis. So you have, and then five, their parents, they're not necessarily moving into like, you know, maybe going to Florida or you know, giving up their home, they're using their houses, their parents, their elder care eventually is going to be reverse housing mortgages to pay off their elder care. So as a result, it is really important to talk to someone who is going to have the same financial goals as you over the next 5, 10, 20 years, mainly because a lot more people are maybe aware now that financial stress is the number one reason why people divorce. Your thoughts, Erica? I agree that more people need to talk about it. Uh, I think sometimes people think these issues will just somehow go away. Um, same thing. I mean, I would say that's the same with any incompatibility. I mean, I know money is a big factor for people in getting divorced. So is sex. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, if we get married, these issues will go away. And this is a, off on a tangent mm -hmm. from the study. But the reality of it is the issues only get exacerbated when you are married or when you're together for a longer period of time. And so it just needs to be a conversation. What do you like to spend your money on? Do you carry debt? How do you feel about credit card debt? How do you feel about student loans? What um, you know, is there a number over which we have to ask each other if we're purchasing something? You know, don't go buy a $2,000 gaming system without discussing it first. And these are things that couples need to discuss before they, you know, commit to marriage or it some kind other of type of long-term situation. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, do you remember uh, SNL like a couple of years ago? They did this one bit where the husband buys his wife a Lexus. <laughs> No, I and don't know this. she's like, you bought a Lexus. That's a big purchase to make. Oh yeah. He bought her a Lexus for Christmas. And I've always thought of, it's like so funny that SNL is finally making a bit about it because I've always thought like how ridiculous all of those Christmas commercials were. <laughs> like, could you imagine your spouse <laughs> buying a $80,000 <laughs> thing without having yeah. a conversation about that first? No, even if it's for like, me. Like I'd, I'd probably murder my husband. <laughs> with the car oops sorry honey i just backed up i i would certainly back into him yeah that's what i'm saying so the you know the study goes into debt and it gives the dumbest again back to dumb numbers so 96 percent feel that having similar attitudes about debt and spending is an important partner trait 96 percent like what like Okay. And then I'm going to skip over 19% feel their debt has become a mark against them when it comes to dating and finding a relationship. Uh, that number is interesting to me. I would love to learn more about that breakdown. Like mm -hmm. if it's people who are in Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, who took out student loans, I, does that 19% make up 90%? Like show me <laughs> the, the age breakdown on this and the education breakdown on that 19%. 
at the end of this, I'd like for each of us to come up with like two hypotheses that we have and um, and then maybe seek to prove them or disprove them. I'm not giving you homework per yeah. se. No, 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 Erica. I, I love it. I love it. And uh, let's let's end this uh, study and then we'll talk about our our conclusions in a second. Okay. So let's end it with this therapy one. So there are two eyes in relationships, singlesinamerica.com. You can see, uh, you can head over there to follow what we're reading. Uh, 87% of singles say it's important for both partners to prioritize mental health. Two thirds of singles want to improve their own mental health. Two thirds of singles are open to therapy and 81% report they engage in self-care at least monthly. What percent do you think of the two-thirds who are open to therapy actually go to therapy? Half? Depends on the age breakdown. Yes, it does. It says young singles, but they don't define what young is. And when we talked about this before, you no. thought young and was also 28 gender breakdown. and I thought it was 40. Yeah, when we first looked at this study, uh, we th I thought young singles is like, oh, 28 and under. And Erica's <laughs> like, you mean 40 and under? And I'm like, are they? I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel pretty um, young. You know what this shows me? Um, so first off, just to kind of wrap up this part of the study, I think it's great that so many people are open to doing therapy. I'd love to know how many people are actually executing in that and what the breakdown is in that. But I will say to anyone who's listening uh, that is a man, a straight man specifically, that more women, like like something like 90% of women or 80% of them, some really high number. Um, this is from a hinge study, also by Match Group. Um they said that uh, a woman is more open to going on a second date if she finds out that a man is going to therapy. And uh, if you're on the fence, let me tell you, it helps <laughs> to put in the work. I couldn't agree more. I wonder what this 81% of people who've practiced some sort of self-care in the last month means. Like, did they take a bath? Like, what? it just, it's mm -hmm. so, it, it, uh, oh, I just want more. I just want more, Maria. Oh, I would, I would have assumed they bought, they masturbated. Oh, see, and I went to, they took a bath with a nice bath bomb. <laughs> I see. Well, I mean, it's funny. Our minds like, are in somebody, different places. Uh, you know, right. Last week we were at the Matchmakers Conference and we were there with Dr. Mimi Winsberg, who is a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she asked me, what do I do for self-care? <laughs> and because, you know, my life is like, a short stack of pancakes of crises, uh, which I'm very proud of. I, I can handle it, I think. But uh, I compartmentalize a lot. Anyway, so she's like, what do you do for self-care? And I was just like, I put on, I, this is the dumbest answer ever, but it's true. I put on makeup every morning. And then at nighttime, I do my skincare routine. And those 20 minutes, or, you know, it's like, it takes me 22 minutes in the morning and like 15 minutes at night. Like, for me, that makes me feel good. <laughs> I love that so much. And uh, she just, just her eyebrows, like, just like, I, what do you do, Erica? What's your self-care? Do you go to therapy? I have been to therapy for a number of years, yes. Um, I enjoy, okay, okay. So my best, my happy place, my best self-care, my favorite time of the week is Saturday at 6 p.m., laying on the couch with a fresh new crossword puzzle because the Sunday puzzle comes out at six on Saturday with my dog laying on me. I can't tell you a better way to relax than that. I mean, that's my dream scenario. I, ugh, gosh, that makes me happy.
I love it. I love it. And you know, for me, happy season's about to start on December 13th because uh, Greek, Greek, competitive Greek play, Greek theater is kicking off in mid-December and it ends in March. And uh, I've got so many teenagers this year. I don't even know what I'm going to do, but I'm excited. And that is my self-care. Two hours every Tuesday, coaching them. Like, that's fun for me. Uh, one person's self-care yeah. is another per- you know it, I think that's wonderful I think it's important that everyone finds something that um, yeah that relaxes them now I'll admit easier said than done because I'm notorious for not relaxing enough but when I do it, it does make a difference sure. so the singles in America study that we just went through uh was funded by Match and conducted by Dina Ta in association with renowned anthropologist Dr. Helen Fisher and evolutionary biologist Dr. Justin Garcia of the Kinsey Institute in Indiana University. <sighs> I'm angry because I know Dr. Fisher and I know Dr. Garcia, and I'm sure if they hear about this, they'll probably hate us too. But I'm upset because I know... I think on our end, we're on the ground a lot. We're not just looking at Excel sheets. Correct. And I'm sure they're they're doing their own one-on-one studies too, right? I'm not taking away from their thing. But when you look at the data and when you contextualize it with another dating expert, it sucks because it's not giving us, you have, like someone could say right now as listening to this, well, Maria, if you think you can do better, why don't you do it? And it's like, well, this isn't my full-time job to do dating studies, right? Whereas Dr. Fisher and Dr. Garcia, that is their full-time job. Also, Match Group is like a $50 billion company. We should be able to make conclusions without the filler and also be able to lay out uh, what's happening, you know, what what the data is by gender, by income, by uh, education completed. And why does this matter? Because 5,000 people is not enough. And why does it matter for more than anything? is because we need this study, not just as dating professionals, but as dating anyone who's single to navigate the dating space, right? Like I think right now it is more important than ever to learn how many single men that are lonely, that are not having sex, what states do they live in? What kind of gun laws are in those states? Um, You know, I I think that there are certain dots that could be connected in using these studies. Uh, and unfortunately, it's just not, it, it missed the mark this year. And I can't tell you how deeply upset I am. And those are, that's my conclusion. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Erica? Yeah, I feel the same way, especially given my background in economics and my love of data. Um, I, this is just inadequate. I even see a typo. I don't know if it's a typo or they were trying to sound more inclusive than they were, but it says singles age 18 to 98, but the oldest person in the study, 0.1%, was only 89, not 98. And so there's just a lot of room for Mm -hmm. improvement here. I I kind of, even though it's not my full-time job to do a study either, I kind of want to do one in 2023 and see what kind of information we get. I I already I DM'd Match on Instagram to see if they'll send me the actual data in Excel. I doubt anyone will answer me, but I did I did ask. Um, I think the best part of this study is that it gets people talking. 
about the study, which by talking about the study mm. perhaps makes people talk about the underlying issues like how you and your partner feel about abortion or how you and your partner feel about money or the frequency of sex. And if that comes out of a study like this, then it was worth it. Right. Uh, Erica, always looking at the silver lining. Bless you. <laughs> You're awesome. I do my best. I already miss you. So if you aren't following Erica, you got to follow her. Her, her. her Instagram stuff is just so funny. Uh, her Instagram is a little nudge and I will include that link in the show notes. Uh, any, anything else that is going on special that I can promote Erica? So any more pun not. championships? Yes, actually I will be in the Punder Dome, which is the New York it's in Brooklyn pun competition on Wednesday, December 7th. So feel free to come out and, um, yeah, like Maria said, follow us both on Instagram and, you know, it's always a joy to have these conversations. I think you and I are in step on a lot of things. And where we're not, it always leads to an interesting conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you for coming, Erica. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's always great having you on the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm going to have to have you on an upcoming hotline, do a little online yeah. dating tech support, uh, especially, I think, in January. I feel like that would be a great time to have you. That first week of January and everyone's signing up. We got to do a hotline, special hotline with Erica and online dating tech support. And um, let's get, let's get, let's get people in relationships. I'll be there with bells on. Love it. Uh, and thank you for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. If you have not done so, do it now. Follow me, Matchmaker Maria. Get on an upcoming hotline. Follow our guest, Erica. A little nudge. I'll include those links in the show notes. Uh, and course if you want to work with my team check out the show notes for those links uh, let's schedule a dating strategy call and talk about how we can work with you that's it for this week's episode be lovable but more importantly be likable see you next week